It's the next level. Warning. The following podcast may contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome, Primers, into this uh, little supplemental, if you will, to the DC Primetime Podcast. As this 127.5. Is not... <laughs> I was, I was going to say like 127A, but yeah, this 127.5 works because that's usually what the comic books do. So, uh, and I think we've done that in the past before, too. I think we've done like 0.5 and... I don't think we've gone any more than that. But, uh, yes, a little bit of a supplemental, not a usual issue. Uh, but before we go into anything else, first things first, introductions from the spotlight here on the Next Level Podcast. I am Ben Beck. And from the Caffeine Crew cast of Pods, I am Rob Martin. And we are going to be joined this time by a very special guest from the Comic Book Gurus podcast on the Beasley Podcast Network, now also nationally recognized, as we just found out. Uh, we're welcoming our friend Craig Lagans back to the podcast. Thank you, gentlemen. For It's a, an honor to be on the next level, finally. <laughs> finally? You've been on before. But I've never been on the next level. See. Oh, okay. Well, we take it. Yeah, we take it to another level every time we podcast. So. Well, well, I, well, you got to remember. Actually, Craig, you're not joining us. We're joining you. We forgot. This is your show. This is this has always been your show. We do. We just hijacked it. That's all. Thank you for was I thank you guys for showing up. Then I appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, so a little bit of a supplemental, as I've mentioned a couple times already, in that uh, as of last night, which would be September, uh, September, wow, I'm way wow. behind, uh, December 17th, uh, 2018, myself, Rob, and Craig, we all got to attend a special advanced screening of uh, Aquaman, DC's Aquaman, and that's what we're going to talk about, a first and foremost warning this is going to be a spoiler podcast, so if you have not yet seen the movie, um, now would be a time to kind of put this on hold until you do. Because uh, yeah, just yeah, just a reminder: check out the next episode that you see in the feed uh, that'll be coming after this is uh, episode one twenty eight, where you can hear the spoiler free version of this review. Yes, so. yeah, but we figured since the three of us got to attend this screening together last night. No one better than the three of us to actually sit and talk about it, and we're not going to spend too much time on it, maybe 15-20 minutes at the most, uh, just to give you our opinions and go over a couple things that we liked, a couple things that we didn't, uh, completely avoid uh, Craig's podcast host's opinion of the movie, because I think all three of us kind of disagree with that. <laughs> <laughs> but, Indeed. Um, but yeah, so, you know... 
nothing too in-depth, uh, but we originally we were going to do this last night after we left the movie while the movie was fresh in our minds, but we've been able to kind of stew on it a little bit. and Which I think uh, is kind of for the best. It gives us gives us some uh, gave us a day to put our thoughts together. Actually, almost exactly a day. We would have been getting out of the theater right about 15 minutes ago. So, And not only that, but it, it kind of changed your your rating of the movie, too. Uh, it, it actually solidified, uh, I think it, it, the number I was toying with. Okay. So. Uh, so yeah, so first things first, let's do that. Let's just go across the board and let's, if we had to put a number ranking to this film between one and 10, you sign uh, kick hero legend and then a number, um, let's just kind do the like normal. Okay. We'll just do the number uh, for the movie. Um, well, I mean, we can do sidekick, hero, legend. One through three would be sidekick. Four through seven would be hero. And then eight through ten would be legend. Uh, but we'll turn it over to Craig since he since uh, this is his podcast and we're just the guests. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Craig, uh, uh, on that scale of one to ten, sidekick, hero, and legend, what would you say your ranking of Aquaman was after its viewing last night? It, it's, it's a hero for me. It's a, it was a solid seven. You know, um, that everything uh, that we've seen in the trailer and everything that's been hyped about it, the um, the special effects, the, you know, you're being transformed into a whole nother world. Uh, when we got to see Atlantis's whole world underwater, it reminded me a lot of, uh, of when the first time we saw Asgard and Thor, the first time we saw Wakanda and um, in Black Panther, uh, when we saw um even the the world in, in Ready Player One, it was a just you know when you're getting immersed into a whole big new world that we've never seen before. This one underwater, it uh it it captures the eye, it captured my imagination, and that for me is what stood out for this what made it different than any other superhero film that's ever been done. Um, the uh, and it was a superhero film. You, you got all the things we like: the action, the uh, the, the tacked on romance, the uh, bitter conflict between. Uh, enemies we got a lot of exponential a lot of explaining that's the only thing that prevented it from going higher was that we explain everything that's going on i mean i realize it's it's an origin story and you know aquaman story has never been told on the big screen or the small screen but man they just explained everything and well in order to do this you have to do this and this was done way back in the year 100 when we first entered it's just a lot of exposition but uh, I didn't fall asleep on it. Um, uh, I obviously seen a, seen a lot worse movies than that, um, superhero or otherwise. It was a solid seven film. It was a it was a good film. It was you know the, we you can't help it but compare it to a Marvel films because they set the bar so high. Uh, but DC is its own thing, and as far as DC movies goes, this was a, uh, a a solid hit movie. Nowhere near as good as anything Marvel will ever do. So we just have to resign ourselves that DC films, <laughs> DC films are DC films and Marvel films are Marvel films. If this was in a Marvel universe, of course, it would be a, a an egregious, you know, affront to everything Marvel. But it's a DC film, so for that reason alone, it's a, it's a solid film. It's a seven. It's a hero. Oh, okay, um, Rob, how about you? Uh, going uh, on that ranking, I would actually end up giving this a legend territory. I'd give it an eight. Um, Actually, I, I agree with pretty much most of Craig's points and is, is kind of across this. And I kind of will 
the only thing I will argue with, I think, is if this was a Marvel film, I think this would probably be also sitting at about a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, though, too. Uh, I think that's the downside. I think uh, the same issues I think I, I had with movies like Ant-Man, um, you know, even you know the very first Cap, the very first Thor, um, you know, Doctor Strange. And I think the only one that does not fall in that trapping for me, I think, was, you know, the original Iron Man or or Black Panther or, you know, Spider-Man Homecoming. But this was the very formulaic um, first film of a franchise, it felt like. Um, as Craig mentioned, very, very heavy on the exposition. Uh, and I think it falls into the exact same trappings a lot of the Marvel films do, too, uh, that kick off a, a franchise. It's, it, it's, it's the formula that Marvel set up, and I think it was kind of carbon copied here by James Wan pretty, pretty heavily. And they found a way to kind of play with it, but it, it felt like been there, done that um, a little bit. But at the same time, though, too, I will absolutely say Atlantis. You're right, Greg. This does very much feel like this is, you know, going to a universe you've never experienced before on screen. And I think they definitely achieved that. Uh, it has that definitely that comic booky fairy tale vibe, and the the standard you know kind of action film tropes are all there. But uh, I think they they embraced the silliness, and I think they uh, they had fun with it. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna mimic mostly uh, what both of you guys have said. I feel like the explanations and a lot of it. I'm giving it an eight as well, so it's gonna fall just into that legend territory. Uh, I was around a seven point five eight, and after sitting on it, I, I definitely bumped it up to the eight. As far as like the explanations and everything go, um. I kind of have to defend it a little bit only because of the fact that, as you did mention, Craig, this is the first time we're ever seeing an Aquaman story on the big screen or the small screen. I mean, short of animated series and maybe a cameo or two in, in series like Smallville, uh, we really haven't seen Aquaman on screen before in a live action format. And we really have never gotten an origin story. So I feel like the almost the explanations made while overly done i think were still kind of needed because people who weren't familiar with aquaman other than just the animated series from super friends or anything like that or batman uh, brave and the bold i think it kind of needed to be done so uh, now that we've gotten it out of the way in this first one if this does become a franchise i feel like they could probably progress a little further but on that same note exactly what you said rob that kind of fies, that kind of falls into the formulaic of what we see from Marvel films. We get that first film is is all the backstory, and then after that, you can kind of progress forward into making it your own as the franchise progresses. So yeah, uh, for that reason, I, I I did really enjoy it. I thought the visuals were spectacular, um, and we'll get into the casting and such in, in just a moment, and the and the villains as well. But yeah, uh, solid eight for me. Uh, puts it just into legend territory and when it comes to other dc films uh you know wonder woman still right now uh has, has set the bar uh aquaman not far behind as far as the rest of the dc catalog yeah i, I think if wonder woman was a nine or a nine five uh this is sitting in second place at an eight with justice league at probably about a seven or a seven five right after it in my opinion yeah. So, uh, Craig, with yeah. you, when it I was just going to ask when it comes to the DC films that we've gotten so far in this uh, this format of DC films, you know, not including Dark Knight and and such, uh, where do you think this one falls for you? Uh, I I will put it uh, below Wonder Woman. Obviously, you know, you said uh, um, Ben Wonder Woman is at the is at the tip at the tippy top. Um, I would put uh, Aquaman, and uh, for me. Uh, Batman versus Superman, the uh, the extended cut would be number two, and then I put Aquaman. 
in there. Um, not the theatrical release version of Batman vs Superman, but the the Blu-ray um, with the extra 28 minutes of movie that really needed to be said, but you obviously couldn't put it on the big screen. But that's my number two, and I put Aquaman at number three. And only and Wonder Woman was also the first time she'd ever been treated on the big screen, and her origin her origin story wasn't anywhere near as as talky as as Aquaman's was. But um, that's just I'll just concede that point that one needed it more than the other and uh aquaman had a lot more to to work with than and you we could put paradise island in that uh in that uh format of uh, coming into a brave new a, a brand new world that no one has ever seen before but uh this you know the what the what the effects that they use on uh in atlantis and being underwater was like you said, Rob, uh, absolutely spectacular. I mean, that's what's really selling the film now. When I see the the trailers on TV now, is just you know the whole movie takes place underwater, and with you're underwater, so there's so many things and worlds you can uh, explore. Uh, but yeah, this is my long-winded way of saying that it's the third best DC film <laughs> beside uh, behind Wonder Woman and Batman vs Superman: The Extended Cut. Rob, I know there there's another DC film that's not part of the catalog, but is kind of a recut of uh, two films that if if we were to include that one, where do you think it would fall? Uh, Aquaman would be number three after starting with number one, Wonder Woman, number two, The Man of Tomorrow, um, uh, because Man of Tomorrow, I think, is honestly, if I gave Wonder Woman a 9.5, Man of Tomorrow gets a 9.25. Uh, because man, oh man, to, to this day, I still think that fan cut of BBS with Man of Steel blended together, <coughs> excuse me, as a as a two and a half hour long movie was stunning. And uh, But Aquaman, yeah, it was a fun movie. It was a really fun movie. And I, I got to say, you know, I, I apologize because I'm going to probably cough again here. But. Um, you know, one of the things that I think what shocked me the most and Craig, you just actually touched on this and we, I brought it up again beforehand. And, you know, when we bring about the world, you know, and talk about Atlantis in this and we bring up the idea of an origin story is outside of getting Arthur's origin story. Uh, this is one of those ones that I think why it's going to be so exposition heavy, because you have to explain why is Atlantis underwater? Uh, and based on the plot that we're working with in this, you have to explain why is the Trident where it is. You have to kind of give a history of a world where in when you did Wonder Woman with like Themyscira or you do something like in a Marvel film, you only have to talk about a character because you don't need to talk about New York. We all know what New York is. Uh, Themyscira, you can be like, oh, you know, it, it's a land uh, set by the gods for the Amazonian women. And that's it. You know, well, uh, this is we're, we're kind of st- we're kind of stuck and we, we we have we have a world that has to fully be explained uh, and not just through Arthur's eyes, because this is the second time we're meeting him in this. Um, you know, it, we because this is very much a sequel appearance for him almost because his uh, his first outing was Justice League. This was not tra- this was not taking place before Justice League. So uh, now uh, on that point, too, I did want to bring something up because Craig and I actually discussed this last night after because uh, I was uh, Craig and I rode to the screening together and then rode back afterwards, too. And there there was something that did come up that Craig and I kind of came to a conclusion that we kind of came to together. Um, that I did want to bring up on this. And there is a little bit, at least in my opinion, there's a little bit of a continuity issue between Aquaman and Justice League. 
in that we one of the things we were curious about before the movie started was where does this fall? Because we had heard rumors this happens before Justice League. But there is a line in Aquaman that shows that it does happen in, that, in, in fact after Justice League. There's one line said by Maris that she says you defeated Steppenwolf. So that confirms that this story does in fact happen after Justice League. However, there is... Craig is the one that brought this to my attention in that in Aquaman, it's almost believable that uh, that Arthur and Mera had never met before because they didn't even know each other. She knew who he was. He didn't know who she was. But there's a scene in Justice League where they're face to face in what we assume to be Atlantis because but in Aquaman, he's never been there before. So there's a little bit of a continuity issue, in my opinion. Um I think where that's addressed is the fact that because Volko is still training him as a kid, um, we see them swimming and we see them underwater. So and again, when we see that scene in Aquaman, we don't go to the city uh, or not in Aquaman, but we don't go to uh, Atlantis the way that we see Atlantis in Aquaman in Justice League. We see kind of a ruins area where they're at, where they meet up. Um, that's exactly what we're shown. Kind of similar to in this movie, one of the first big scenes we see underwater is between Orm and um, uh, King Nereus. Uh, and it's in one of these old sections of of Atlantis that are but is not really part of the grand grand cities that we see in these these kind of new brighter futures and very tech heavy kind of designs that we see all throughout this film. Um, we, we again, it's these old ruined sections. So we can believe Arthur, I think, has been areas like this that Volko have taken, uh, has taken him to, but not to a place like Atlantis because of one of the key reasons is because he's been an outsider. We we're, we're addressed that very heavily in this film that he's an outsider. Then him coming to Atlantis, even in something like Justice League, he would have probably been killed. Okay, but then what about the fact that it it seems like these two have never met before, but there is a scene of the two of them together in Justice League. Well, no, they we see them meeting there. She brings up those. Uh, points even when he meets her uh you know in you know in amnesty bay it, it's it's kind of like he sees it like oh it's kind of you again like he knows who she is they just don't she knows and she knows who he is because you think about it you have people in the bar in amnesty bay coming up to him is like you're aquaman you know you're the fish guy you know um people know who he is so what's not to expect that she obviously knows these pieces too again she knows who volko is they're close, they're friends, so she's going to have this information because of the relationship Mara and Volko have. But he, um, but he's the one that doesn't know her. No, he, he, he very much. When she comes uh, coming out of the water, when they're at the bar, and you know, uh, he, he was like, "Oh, it's you," you know. But he doesn't know her name. He just doesn't he know knows, her name. Okay, exactly, and that's all it is. Is they just don't bring up each other's names until later to each other, like uh, like officially. But he he rec he immediately recognized her when she came out of the water. So there was no. I think there was no question in my mind about that moment at all. When 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 that moment does happen earlier in the film. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. I you know the, and the weirdest part was Ben when I got home. Justice League was on. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, we just passed that scene because I wanted to go back because and right now as we're talking, I'm watching uh, Justice League. I'm fast forwarding on on demand. Uh, Justice League is on HBO to that scene with Aquaman and Mira because they look very familiar in Justice League. But in Aquaman, they acted like they'd never seen each other before in their lives. Which is what threw me off, Rob. Now you obviously, and Rob, you you've got you're invested in this more than me. Your your <laughs> your memory is is in, impeccable, 
but um, that just threw me for a loop. It's like, well, okay, well these, they, they, and okay, well they know that Aquaman helped defeat Steppenwolf, so this is obviously after Wonder, after I'm um, sorry, after Justice League, but they, but Arthur and Mirak, like they never saw each other before in their lives, when they had this big fight between Aquaman and Steppenwolf, and Mira came in to save his ass. So, I. Mm-hmm. Uh, Okay, so I'm I'm fast forwarding it now, so uh, we'll continue with the show. I'll let you guys go and talk to the show, and I'll, when I get to the point in Justice League, I'll I'll jump in. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, let, let's let's shift to because again, we don't want to go into too much detail. We do we don't want to explain the entire movie. We want people to go no, and no. see the movie. We'll, we'll, sa- we'll save that for the big review that we do this coming week. Yeah, um, but I mean, we do get two villains in the film, uh, and you pretty much called it right on to Rob with. Uh, um, Black Manta, we knew was going to be in the film. Ocean Master as well, and you had a feeling Black Manta was probably going to be this like the the underling villain. Ocean Master was going to be the main, and you were you're pretty spot on with that. Um, how do we feel like the villains were portrayed in the film? I mean, I, I mean, I think Ocean Master visually, what we see of Patrick Wilson in this movie, I mean, his his suit is is pulled right out of the comics by the end the one that we see him with the silver mask oh, with the, the, the mask was fantastic uh and the, even the full suit the purple and the silver i mean that was dead on i mean it it looked identical i think they did a gorgeous job i think patrick wilson it, it played played a a comic book movie bad guy um i mean that's i will say one thing so far in in across the comic book movie world uh, I think we have only ever had maybe three really good, strong, strong, strong comic book movie villains. Um, and uh, this one just falls into just the norm. It's kind of the same way that you think of somebody like Yellow Jacket and Ant-Man or, you know, all these, you know, like a lot of the throwaway villains. Um, Ocean Master kind of feels that way. I, I think that that's not wrong to say. I think what this movie really was was the hero journey. And I think that's. There's nothing wrong with that, and it feels like that was perfectly fine and acceptable for a movie like this. I think Black Manta, they gave us just enough of him without going too deep uh, to the point where if they if we do get an Aquaman 2, they're going to be able – they have a lot to build on. So Yeah, I agree with that too. Uh, what about you, Craig? How do you feel the, um, the, the villains were portrayed in the film? Uh, the villains are great. That's the one thing DC does very well is they have some the good, good villains. They have good – cast and a good cast for the villains patrick wilson first of all um the man's got watchman cred so they, he That's knows how to, do, how to play a, a a comic book uh hero or villain and he wears the mask so well and the guy doesn't age so he always looks like you know, <laughs> he, he always looks phenomenal and depending no matter what he wears but yeah i i agree rob that was uh the one thing that dc does have over marvel they're they're it's straight from the comic books Almost all of their um, their characters are ripped from the pages, and Ocean Master looked. And I'd only seen Ocean Master on the covers of Aquaman comics or in crossovers with Justice League, and it, it looked amazing. And it, that's why why um, uh, his character, Patrick Wilson's character, reminded me so much of uh, Michael B. Jordan's character in Black Panther. Uh, y- you felt for him. He was uh, he was supposed to be the villain, but the guy, you know, also had a legitimate gripe you know he wasn't nefarious for the point of being nefarious he wanted his uh his kingdom back or he wanted atlantis was his his birthright and uh i you know we felt for him the black manta character was was great it was a great origin story a uh, great actor playing him 
uh, you know, you always fall, in, you step into a trap whenever you have two villains in one film, especially in an origin story. You're throwing a lot at the audience at all at once, but they made it work, and uh, both villains were uh, were great. Yeah, I th- I think one of the things that really helped Patrick Wilson too was in an interview I had seen on the red carpet at one of the DC events um, of one of the screenings of the films was they had actually asked uh, Amber Heard. Uh, um, Jason Momoa and Patrick Wilson if any of them had ever read any of the Aquaman comics or were familiar with the characters before they had taken on the roles and both uh, Jason Momoa and uh, Amber Heard neither one of them were even familiar with the characters before they had taken them on but Patrick Wilson had actually read a lot of the Aquaman comics growing up so he was already familiar with Aquaman and Ocean Master so he was able to I think that I think uh, to his credit I think that might have helped him portray that character and as well as he did not only that but that rob you hit the nail on the head with that mask that silver mask is if you're familiar with the aquaman comics is so iconic that the moment you see it on the screen and you see it actually come to life it's uh it was one of a few moments of the film that i i I got legit chills when Mm -hmm. i was watching the film oh yeah and let's let's definitely get this point out too you know one place that James Wan just nailed this film was the visual representation of everything between the way that Mara looked, between the way that, you know, like the trench looked, you know, um, all these different races and different factions of the seven seas. All of this looked perfect. The suits of armor had this pearlescence to it that you would expect for people under under the water and stuff like that. The, you know, the. Orm's soldiers looked gorgeous. The Aquaman suit, when we actually see Arthur in the classic orange and green, every piece and the the design of this down to the cities and everything like that are easily, I would say, next to Amber Heard and Jason Momoa and Patrick Wilson. I think they stole that stuff stole the show the most in this film. I think the the the, the, the design of everything and the way and the love that of the craft of what they put into this film was perfect. I think that was truly the piece that shines so much. Yeah. Um, OK, one more point we'll 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 cover and then we'll, we'll kind of wrap things up and we'll leave it to you, our audience, to actually go out and see the film. Uh, and I'm going to turn this over to Craig uh, to start off first. We, we've talked about the visuals. We've talked about the villains. Let's talk about the casting of Aquaman, Mera. Uh, we talked about Patrick Wilson a little bit. So let's focus on Aquaman. Let's talk about Arthur and Mera. Um, you know, we have uh, Amber Heard, who was cast as Mera. And obviously, Jason Momoa, the, the, in your opinion, Craig, to, to kick this off, how do you think they did portraying the characters? I mean, we've seen Momoa already portray Aquaman a little bit, but this is the first time we're seeing it in the grand scheme of everything, as well as Amber Heard. Uh, how do you think they pulled it off? They pulled it off great. And as luck would have it, Ben, I'm, I'm actually at the scene in Justice League <laughs> where they meet for the first time, and she introduces herself to him. Because she knows him that you're the king of uh, Atlanta. I'm listening to it right now. She took me in. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. I'm distracted. Uh, they had amazing. They had great chemistry. Um, it, uh, great casting on both of them. You know, obviously we grew up as, with Aquaman as the blind-haired, blue-eyed Aryan god that he is. Uh, they went a, a different way, uh, and it worked. Obviously, I'm guessing. I'm just going to throw it out there. Uh, Jason Momoa, I guess, is easier on the eyes. I'm. I'm. I'm might be going on a limb here, say he's got a strong female uh, fan base. They might go to the movie just to see him with his shirt off, <laughs> and probably, wet. and wet and moist uh, quite a bit. Um, 
and it was a it's a hell of a choice. You know, I've been a fan of his since you know Kyle Drogo and in, uh, in um, Game of Thrones. Where guess what? He had his shirt off and he had was heavily tattooed. So uh, it, it was a great choice. And for him, for a guy now, I don't outside of Game of Thrones, I don't know what else he's done. But I think Stargate was not only, one of his big ones. Yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, but even even so, you're throwing. He's the lead of a superhero action film, and he's pretty much in every scene. Uh, and that's a lot of heavy lifting for a guy that you know doesn't have a, a long, you know, uh, or even a track record of, of being a leading man in movies. So he did an amazing job. <clears throat> excuse me, did an amazing job. And Amber Heard is good in, any, in everything. They pulled it off well. They had great chemistry. Um, as far as DC movies go, you know, they're. It's not going to be the notebook. They don't have to. We don't have to buy that they're, you know, the star-crossed lovers and all. They're just two people that um, one's on a quest and the other one's a helper, and they they make it work. Great casting, and you put them with Will, with you know, with other Oscar winners and Academy Award nominees, Willem Dafoe and Nicole Kidman, makes that union between. Uh, Jason Momoa and Amber heard that much better because, you know, we're, we're rooting for them, those two crazy kids. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it, it's funny, too. I'll turn it over to you in a second, Rob. But it's I you mentioned how we're familiar with Aquaman being that, you know, that blonde haired, blue eyed, uh, you know, look of what we saw. And there was actually a moment in this film where I looked at Patrick Wilson and I said to myself, I'm like, you know, if the casting went a little bit differently, Patrick Wilson probably could have pulled off Aquaman if they went that route. And uh, but I'm glad the way that they did, because you're right. It just seems like I think Momoa is a great choice to change up the character. And he seems to be having a lot of fun portraying this character as well. And Amber Heard, you're right with that, too, Craig. It's while Jason Momoa is definitely eye candy for the women that are going to go see this movie. I know of a bunch of women are, that are planning like lady dates to go out and see this movie. They don't even care what the movie's about. It's just the fact that Momoa is in it. They're going to go out and, and see this film. Uh, I could say the same thing for Amber Heard. I think Amber Heard is gorgeous and she portrays Mara uh, as equally as such. So I, I think the casting was pretty spot on. Uh, Rob, what were your thoughts on the casting? Well, I think if we go back to looking at Justice League a little bit, I think uh, there were some people out there that really loved his Aquaman, and a lot of people I knew out there, too, also thought he was a little too dude broish. And I will say, if you were worried about that, I feel like they dialed that back a little bit in Aquaman. Uh, we actually get a much more humble Arthur in this. We still do get to see that over the top, like, you know, like pieces of his character that we all enjoyed in, you know, Justice League, but I feel like they dialed him back just the perfect amount to to have his character actually grow. And I think Momoa pulled that off incredibly well. He was a really fun, likable lead in this. And I think, again, Amber Heard was a really perfect Mara. They got her her look down, her power set down. Amber Heard gave her this, like, level of class. Um, you know, uh, Willem Dafoe was a great kind of point person as the Vizier playing Volko. You know, you mentioned Nicole Kidman. I think she did a great job, too, playing Queen Atlanta. You know, uh, they all these little little pieces just worked really, really nicely together. It was this perfect blend. And again, Patrick Wilson just killed it, I think, as well as playing playing Orm, uh, you know, Ocean Master. And all these pieces came together in a great way. But, yeah, I definitely think, though, that the two people – they had to do the most heavy lifting, which it was Momoa and Herd. I think they really achieved it, and they really 
did have good on-screen chemistry. That's the one big issue that happens in a lot of films is, you know, you don't see chemistry sometimes in some of these comic book films between the hero and, and you know, the, the love interest as much as you would like to see sometimes, uh, where sometimes it feels a little bit more pushed. But I think this is, I would say, you know, if, you know, Steve Trevor and Wonder Woman were one and, you know, you look at Pepper Potts and Tony Stark is another. Um, I would say Mara and Arthur are are equally in that same realm. And I think that's great. I think that's a really huge win and a huge positive uh, for DC fans out there. And I'm, I'm really happy to say that I don't think there's really any issues between the two. Are there are there a couple of cheesy romantic moments in it that they take a little too far? And maybe it's because of the way things are shot or lighting choices that feel like they're kind of mocking a, a romantic romance mo- moment from a, a, a bad Harlequin book or something like that. But I, I I do feel that there's points in time where that's the the, the disappointment. And I think in this film is sometimes certain things are shot just a little awkwardly, but I don't think it, they're they're acted awkwardly. Yeah. I think that's really where where the issues that some of the spots are in the film are. Yeah. I think it's just a couple couple awkward ways that James Wan made directing wise, and a couple small key scenes that we do see with uh, with Mara and and Arthur, and then ultimately to with Nicole Kidman, and um, you know I I can't remember who played Arthur's father offhand. So, um, I I I know the actor from other projects, but I can't yes. remember the actor. Uh, Tim uh, Morrison. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, but yeah. Yeah, so I, and I, I agree with a lot of that too. Um, a couple final thoughts before, and then we'll we'll wrap this up. We'll go around the table if anybody has any final thoughts. Um, the only the only other thing I really want to say, without going again too much heavily into the story and ruining it for people, is uh, while this is an Aquaman movie and Jason Momoa is the lead character, uh, a lot of the heavy lifting, as you kind of touched base on too, Rob, is done by Amber Heard as well. Uh, Mera in my opinion, came across as a hero in her own right in this too. She's not a secondary, just there for help character. She is a character, in my opinion, that if you put her in her own film, she could probably carry it. Yeah. And, and no. that, you know, that that's one of the things that I absolutely loved about both of these characters. Or as equal as Arthur was a badass, Mira was equally as a badass. Yeah, so. exactly. Um, Either one of you have any other final thoughts before we we kind of wrap this up on the film? No, I uh, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, like I said, eight out of ten. Would see you again. How about you, Craig? Uh, I would add Paul Rudd and Evangeline Lilly and Man of the Wasp as one of the uh, great uh, couples. Yeah, that's a good one too. I have still not seen that yet. I gotta, I gotta get on that one. Yes, just you make time for it because uh, I, I absolutely will. Absolutely will. <laughs> yeah, because we're talking about chemistry between the male and female leads, and just like in uh, in Aquaman, uh, Evangeline Lilly's character was uh, uh, just as much a badass as uh, the girl. And in the, I mean, she saved in in Mira Amber Heard's character saved Aquaman's ass more than once. And in Justice League, the first time we saw her, she saved Aquaman's ass through Steppenwolf. And I just saw the scene where you guys were talking. I was still paying attention to the show. <laughs> but um, that was the first time they met was in Justice League. He had never saw her before in, in his life. And she said, so you're Arthur, king of, you know, son of, of Queen Atlanta. And he, she pretty much told him his whole, you know, you're the queen's son and you have to protect it. And she goes, well, the queen's not here. And the, well, you doesn't matter. She would protect it. So now you have to. And last thing he says to her, well, if I'm going to do that, I'm going to need something from you, which now we know is the trident that Mira gave to him. So 
they saw each other in Aquaman. That was the second time they'd ever saw each other. Okay. Not the first time. So, yeah, so that qu- cleared it up for me. Um, on I still stand by my seven. You guys have talked it up for me, so now it's a 7.5 for me. <laughs> um, I would I would see it again for someone who wants to see it, who, who uh, is, has, has it on their list of uh, movies to see. Uh, again, the spectacle was amazing. I'm probably going to get a little – because we saw it on the biggest screen possible, uh, if I see it, and on a smaller screen, I probably won't like it as much because it won't be as immersive as this experience was. But hey, like we said in the car, Ben, on the way home, DC's got nowhere to go but up as far as their movies go. Um, and this is definitely an upward trajectory. Not as good as Wonder Woman, but just as good as any other film that DC has done. And um, looking forward to it debuting at number one at the box office and staying there through uh, New Year's. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I think the only competition it's going to have. Uh, Mary Poppins Returns opens this weekend. Uh, Bumblebee opens this weekend as well, I believe. That might be next weekend. I'm not sure. Um, and uh, Spider-Verse is doing pretty well, too. It, it is. And I will say uh, I did get an opportunity to see Bumblebee earlier this evening. And I, I'm very surprised to say this. It's really, really good. It's, yeah, it looks good. Yeah, it looks great. It's really good. Uh, before we wrap things up, Craig, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, – uh, comic book gurus before we get out of here well when i'm not uh hosting this show and rob <laughs> i do another uh show specifically on this type of thing it's called comic book gurus uh me and my broadcast partner uh mr rockstar rob uh come from the studios at wmmr and we talk about all things comic book and comic book related movies comic book movies comic book tv shows and comic book books we just wrapped up the um season the mid-season finale of the um and cover the Elseworlds uh, trio of great shows, Flash, Arrow, and Supergirl. Uh, we're going to talk about Aquaman um, tomorrow, uh, this week, and uh, the show will premiere uh, next week. It's on WMMR.com, and as Ben said at the beginning of the show, it's on the Beasley, uh, B-Pod uh, Broadcasting uh, Network, uh, National Podcasting Network. So it's on there and on iTunes, on Google Play, and wherever – uh, podcast or sold for free <laughs> good to know yeah we'll have to ch- have, uh, definitely have our audience go and uh, check you guys out as well uh, thank you as for Robin myself uh, you can find our podcast as well as all the other podcasts here on the next level podcast network next level radio online.com facebook.com slash DC primetime is the Facebook page for our Facebook uh, for our podcast uh, we would definitely love to hear your feedback from when you get the opportunity to see Aquaman and you can do that by either contacting us directly on the Facebook page or you can send us an email at DC primetime at next level radio online.com and and last but not least, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at DC Primers. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And, you know, like as Ben mentioned before, you can also find uh, other podcasts over at nextlevelradioonline.com, such as the Caffeine Crew cast of pods. Our new episode just went up the other day. Uh, that is our Mel Brooks special uh, and also our 2018 year in review. So make sure to check that out. We will be back with DC Primetime this coming Sunday when we record again. It'll be with you Monday with our spoiler-free discussion of Aquaman. Uh, in addition to that, we will be talking about episodes one through three of Titans. And a good special thanks to our good friend George Shaw at georgeshawmusic.com. You hear his tunes each and every episode of this show. Make sure to check out his page and support his projects. Absolutely. Uh, Craig, thank you again for coming on and joining us once again. It's always a good time when we have you on. 
It's always a good time. Anytime I'm, with, I'm in the company of either you two gentlemen, either on Skype or in person, in a car or in a theater. Quality <laughs> gentlemen, to thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Uh, thank you, sir. So uh, that's going to wrap it up for this spoiler full review of Aquaman. As always, do not just take our opinions for granted. Do not take our opinions as gospel. Uh, we encourage you make your own reviews, go and see the movie for yourself, form your own opinion, and that's always the best way to do it. Until next time, we will see you guys around the bend. Take care. Peace.